You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This WebmasterRadio.fm program is made possible in part by the following. <laughs> Welcome to Discount Budget Airport Motel, Denver. <clears throat> Do you have a reservation? Well, yes. We're here for AFCON 2010. Okay, let me get your room. Don't worry about the airplanes flying over. You'll only hear them every five minutes. And one more thing. You might want to pass on that continental breakfast. Don't let this be you. Stay in the lap of a luxury suite at our AFCON 2010 discount rate. Our room block is almost sold out. This is your last chance to stay at the Hyatt Regency Convention Center Hotel, the host hotel of AFCON 2010. Book your rooms now by going to bit.ly slash cheap hotel. That's bit.ly slash cheap hotel. Don't let this special rate go away and book your rooms now. Finalize your plans to be at AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates, June 21st through the 23rd in Denver. Still haven't registered? Then register today at AFFCON2010.com. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence. Discover the best practices for tracking and targeting mobile marketing. Our hosts will take you inside the latest trends in mobile technology and help you make the most out of the mobile web. Learn about the latest strategies and trends in the world of mobile, web development, search, email marketing, text message marketing, and more. Leverage your mobile presence today. Now, now, prepare, prepare to get mobilized. Here are your hosts, Cindy Crum and Eric Chan. All right, welcome to another week uh, Mobile Presence. I'm Eric Chan from Mobile Slate here with my co-host Cindy Crum from Rank Mobile. Hi, guys. And this week's uh, guest is Brian Hall from MarkSpace. Hi, Brian. Hi, Eric. Hi, Cindy. Hi. <laughs> so, Brian, since this is our first time on our show, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about your company and what you do? And, Absolutely. Uh, we'll go from there. So, 
At MarkSpace, um, the, the, the one-line version of it is that we like to play, have all of your gadgets play well together. Um, the company name MarkSpace comes uh, from a sort of geeky uh, origin. In the days of Telegraph, before they used the sounds, you know, dots and dashes, um, there would be a recording drum with paper. And as the uh, person was transmitting the message, the, the pen would leave a mark or a space on the recording drum. And uh, we, we chose that name for the company because all of our products since our founding in 1990 have had something to do with gadgets and with communications. Great. So, you know, uh, interestingly, lots of people, I think, over the years have complained about how they have a great new gadget that they'll get. Um, I'm probably a victim just like Cindy, and something doesn't work. Uh, something won't transfer. Something uh, doesn't work the way you want it. You know, so I'm assuming that your company is trying to solve that problem for lots of people out there. Sure. Um, we've built up over the last decade a, a tremendous wealth of, of technology and experience in the field of uh, PIM and media synchronization. So our job has been to make it as easy as possible to get your photos, your music, your contacts, and even more recently things like call log and SMS uh, from handheld to desktop to cloud or even from one device to another. So... Maybe we should start uh, opening the can of worms by saying, why is it so hard and why why have they made it so difficult, Brian? Well, wait, wait, wait. Before we get into that, I want to know how you two met. How how did this all come about? Okay, I think well, we have, we, we, uh, met, we have a, a mutual uh, friend in Hold on, everybody. Hold on. Samsung to oh, thank for this. Brian? Uh, Martin, Martin Tanner for it. Hello, Brian. I apologize. No, um... As soon as they asked that question, I know both you and Eric decided to jump right at the question. So uh, if one of you just want to start at one time, <laughs> that'll be awesome. Sorry about I'll, that. I'll let, I'll let Brian answer. It's fine. Okay. You already started, so. Not a problem. Thanks. Uh, Eric and I were fortunate to have uh, a mutual contact in Martin Tatterfors at Samsung. Um, we met through the Samsung Mobile Innovator, Innovators Group. And when was that? That was just last week, so uh, it's it's quite fortunate, the, the timing. I, I kind of want to hear a little bit about that, since you guys were both there and I wasn't. Eric, or, or uh, can you guys fill me in? Well, you know, this sure. is like one of those events held out in the woods where, you know, you sacrifice things, and we just can't talk about it. Oh, is that why I wasn't invited? <laughs> I don't like sacrifice. No, it's it's a it's a rather select group of um, of Samsung partners that that get together and um, listen to other people in the field. It was quite interesting. We had folks from um, uh, one company had been the um, the fellow from there had been the COO of IntelliSync and then moved to Nokia and he gave us uh, some feedback on on uh, VC and M and A in the in the mobile space and then we had some presentations from some mobile software developers as well. Did you present? I did not. But it was my it was my first time there. I actually I signed up on the spot. It was pretty cool. Oh that is cool. Okay, all right. Now we can get back to real business. I was just curious about how this all how this all happened. So, okay, so you were about to tell us about the cool stuff that you do and and why why it's so super cool and important. 
I think Eric had asked, why is it hard? Why is it or, hard? Or why is it hard? Well, I mean, the, so there's, there's a bunch of different ways to answer that question. I, I guess I'll start with saying that the original opportunity for us, um, we have done Mac software since day one. And later on, we added web and cloud. But because of those Mac roots, that was where the opportunity was, that, that back in the day, you would get something like a Palm device or a Windows mobile device, and it would come with PC software in the box, and the, and the poor Mac folks were left out in the cold. And, you know, the, the, the saying, you know, when you're given lemons, make lemonade, we, we took that as an opportunity, and uh, the beginning of our sync product line had its roots in providing Mac software for the devices that didn't include Mac software. But then as things got more complicated with, with uh, BlackBerry, a lot of BlackBerry yeah. users with Macs not being able to sync, uh, the whole... The whole uh, iCal versus uh, versus Outlook calendar. I mean, it's what, what we're still dealing with it, and it's been probably ten or fifteen years, right? Well, it, you know, the the challenge comes from making these disparate systems play well with each other when they weren't really designed to do that. And if you perhaps look at your own personal experiences and think about the devices that you may have felt were the most seamless. Um, I would argue that they tended to be the ones where the entire experience from end to end was provided by the same source. So, oh, for example, that seems like you're um, an Apple lover. I, I, did, I, did I say that? I didn't because <laughs> yeah. you could actually say <laughs> that you? came before Apple. That Palm with Palm Desktop provided that end to end experience, where they provided the desktop software as well as the PIM software on the device, as well as the means of getting the data between the two. So when you have all three of those pieces uh, under your control, you can make sure there aren't any embarrassing glitches. And it's when you try and translate between the various uh, methodologies that you start having um, interesting things happen. I think, I think what you're also saying is that the vertically integrated strategy can work, uh, but everybody has decided let's all be able to play in the same sandbox. Is that correct? Is that correct? I, I would, I guess I'll just say yes, because it's really, it's kind of, it's a mix of both. It's not necessarily the, you know, one is better than the other. If, if one were just clearly the better option, then, then that would be all we would see in the marketplace. And as we know, that, that hasn't happened. People, you know, prefer various clusterings of, of devices and software and whatnot, and you still need to get between them. Um, so standards are great when everyone is using them, but as soon as you have more than one or you have some people using one and some people using another, then, you, you know, you start having to, to solve these thorny problems of getting them to play well. So then, but that's what you do, Right. That is what we do. Yes, we try and make it so that you just don't have to worry your your little head about that stuff. Um, you know, for example, on on the media side, we've we've long, geez, I mean, starting with the relationship we had with Sony, we've been doing music and photo sync to mobile devices, and from day one, we were doing things like transcoding, such that 
you can imagine you take a, a picture on your shiny new $5,000, you know, mega SLR camera, but you don't necessarily need that 10 megabyte image on your, you know, 320 by 240 screen. So we would do things like know the bit depth of, of the screens on the handheld devices and make sure that you had the photo that you needed on the device and not 10 megabytes of data that you can't see anyway, as an example. So... So are you exclusively a software solution or do you uh, fix hardware problems too? Because I want to, I'm ready for the day when I don't have to have multiple chargers for every single device. Oh my, you know, Nikola Tesla needs to come back from the grave because we have all this wonderful wireless data connectivity and then at the end of the day you still have to plug your device into yeah. a cable. It's a power cable instead of a, a data cable, but it's still a cable. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm actually sitting here right now looking at my little Palm Touchstone charger, and I'm just surprised that, that more folks haven't followed suit with that. It's still cable to the wall, but you just drop the device and it, and it charges through induction. And I, there, there really needs to be more of that going on. Yeah, I so, agree, but- Cindy, I was going to say that you know yesterday I wrote on my blog about how Nokia released the um, the bicycle charger. So basically, yeah. as you as you bike ride, the um, energy that's transferred from that um, gets you know put into uh, basically your Nokia device, and and so it, you know and then they have a little um, bracket so that you can or a holder so you can hold it while you're riding. And my whole thing was, well, all you need now is just an adapter because the uh, the Nokia, uh, you know, thing doesn't necessarily for support all the different um, power plugs like mini USB, micro USB, and then the iPhone uh, and whatnot. So if someone came up with that, then this little um, this little item that costs 15 euro um, that's being launched in the UK, uh, I guess later this year, would be actually really useful for lots of people. Yeah, but I I mean that's that's maybe a good stopgap solution and probably maybe off topic for this call but I'd rather see instead of having to have adapters I, I think we should all agree on <laughs> the mini USB or something like that but uh, that'll never happen cuz Steve Jobs doesn't want it to happen. Uh oh well see then you're outing yourself as the as the Apple person. <laughs> All my all my Android devices and all my BlackBerry devices have either standard mini or micro USB, so they're already there. Yeah. (laughs) Um so I'm I I've had it actually for three weeks and I haven't really touched it, mostly because I've been traveling, but I I was kind of a hater. I called it the iFad. Um, uh-huh. But it, it's a little bit cooler than I expected. It's still got issues, but it's got some cool features that I think I'll use. But three three weeks sitting in the box, I mean, that, that could be a record. I mean, there are people that instantly, you know, pulled it out of the box to either, you know, make a video or to smash it or something like that. But three weeks in the oh. box, that's... Well, 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 there's a couple factors. A, two of those weeks I wasn't at home, and B, I didn't actually pay for it. <laughs> I think if I paid uh. for it. I got it for free. If I had paid for it, I would have been more keen to to get get it open and get it working. So, so what do you think of it in terms of its its industry impact? Industry impact. Well, we've talked about this a little bit, Eric. What did you say? You had some some valuable thoughts on this one. Uh, my my take was that it's you know aside from the 
um, expense, right? So if we took cost aside from the device, um, I like it because it, it brings a lot of new use cases that you can put into play. Now, whether or not software developers will actually follow up and do some of them um, you know, remains to be seen. But uh, definitely as a entertainment device and a consumption of media, I like it. But to replace a netbook or a laptop, that's really starting to push the limits of what I think it can do. No, and I tried to write an article on it yesterday, and I gave up within five minutes. Mm. Uh, possibly because I'm, uh, you know, just used to having four screens going at once, <laughs> and it's hard to go down to one. But it's also really hard to type. It's hard to change between windows. Um, you can't do two things at once. So I think it, it will bring about different use cases. My thing with, with any of this is just that um, I don't really like anything that's going to create more fragmentation. And I see the fact that people have to now develop I, I <clears throat> phone apps and now iPad apps and that it's different. That, that really bugs me. And I wish they could have had more forethought because it's, you know, it's not nice to tell the developers, all right, Thanks for doing that one. Now we have to do one just like it for a different screen size. A different screen size just seems silly, and it seems like creating more overhead for companies rather than making it a simple adoption. Well, you know, I, I ask it because, of course, I'm I'm looking at it as you know, is this a platform that's interesting to us um, as an ISV? And and Apple has been. Uh, I think a little problematic in, in that regard from the ISV side that it, there's kind of a gold rush going on where the the miners, the ISVs, I think, are not necessarily uh, making a whole lot of money, and the people supplying the tools, i.e., you know, the, the, the app store is making boatloads of money. And, you know, how sustainable uh, is that? Yeah, it's you know there's at at the moment there's uh there's certainly an endless supply of of developers for the platform and I guess the last time I I'd, I'd seen something similar was in the days of say uh, Handango and Palm Gear where as the market was getting tougher the royalty uh, or the amount that the the store was keeping kept going up to a point where it wasn't sustainable anymore that there wasn't any money to be made and therefore no one bothered to participate um, and, and Apple is nowhere near that point but I do wonder how, you know how how far can it go if if you're limited in your ability to monetize your work right well but handango they never did the advertising thing like Apple is doing with the what is it a million dollars or something like that to advertise. They did so. I mean, clearly they didn't have the resources of an Apple, and and there is no doubt that the Apple App Store has brought applications to the masses uh, in a fantastic way. I mean, there are people who are loading up their devices with 30, 40, 50 apps, and that, that just wasn't happening five years ago. So they absolutely, that was something um, game-changing. But at the same time, the prices of the content went from, you know, like DVD pricing, twenty, thirty dollars down to ringtone pricing, you know, ninety nine cents. And so, 
you know, how complex can you get with ringtone style pricing? Even if you're selling, you know, a hundred thousand of something, well, if it's a hundred thousand at a dollar a unit, maybe that keeps one person employed, but that's not something that you build an industry on as the individual. Apple, yes, builds an industry on that, but what is that leaving for, for the others? Right. Well, that's probably why there have been very few um, successful app developers unless you really treat it like a business first. Um, and that could argue that it sort of stifles some of the innovation, but at the same time, those are the ones who are making lots of money. I mean, uh, you know, people like NG Moco are doing quite well, whereas maybe, um, you know, two, two guys in the garage kind of company um, maybe they have a lot of downloads, but they're not necessarily making a lot of money. Right. So and still, the, know, ma- and still, the it, majority it, of the apps are free. <laughs> yeah, and if the apps are free, it's got to be coming from somewhere else, right? So, well, and everybody knows that advertising hasn't necessarily picked up like everybody expected um, with respect to substituting the the revenue. Yeah, the, the, the few cases where I've, I've looked at that deeply, it seemed to be that uh, if the developers charge an amount of money for the software, they get, um, you know, they get a lot of uh, angry reviews over the price. And then if they put in ads, they get angry reviews over the fact that it has ads. So it's kind of like, <laughs> what are they supposed to do? So well, I guess I've, I've that, been calling that the culture of free. And uh, if that, if that, you know, just keeps going, then if there isn't incentive to do things, I guess you're going to be left with uh, content that just doesn't require a lot of effort or, or thought. Fair enough. All right, with that, let's break for a commercial. You're listening to Mobile Presence on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be right back. All right, guys, Bye. where do you want to take the second half of the show? What do you want to talk about? Uh, Brian, any topics you want to maybe talk about? Oh, it depends if, you know, what... Uh, I, I kind of think the interesting things going on right now in the marketplace are, you know, Microsoft in mobile or Microsoft not in mobile. Um, the kind of the the shifting patterns of, you know, who is worried about whom. Um, you know, Apple 10 years ago, it might have been Apple and worrying about Microsoft, but it's now shaping up to more of an Apple worried about Google or the reverse. I think that's um, a great topic. Brian, do you Andro- have any uh, products trends, or, or new softwares um, that you want to promote? Hmm? Do you have any new new stuff or products that you specifically want to promote or call out, or do you just want to continue having a chit-chat? We, no, we, 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 you know, we can have a, a general uh, conversation. I mean, we've spent, you know, we're, we're kind of like a Switzerland uh, of software, if you will. I mean, we... We look at the mobile space and we say that that we serve all the different slices of the pie, the webOS, Android, Symbian, Apple, all of them. And as long as we have a product in each slice of each segment, if you will, as long as the pie itself isn't shrinking, then it's okay. All right, um, then I'll we, ask you that We question don't worry so much about, you know, how's RIM doing versus Android, because if we have a product for both platforms, it... it you know, works itself out. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to ask you that question when we're on the air because I think people are going to be interested to hear more about your stuff. So sure. let me bring us back from commercial. 
Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Did you know? 99designs is a leading marketplace for graphic design on the Internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects the average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. CEO Coach, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are your hosts. Hi, everybody. You're listening to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Cindy Crumb from Rank Mobile, and I'm here with with Eric Chan from Mobile Slate. And then Brian. Brian's been telling us about um, the software that he does... uh, which kind of brings things together. It's uh, he was saying in the break he's the Switzerland of the softwares. Is that right? Yes. I mean, I, we, you know, we, we kind of joke about it that um, we really embrace all of the mobile platforms out there. Um, we we started out with Palm OS devices. Um, we went on to Windows Mobile. That was kind of uh, fun at the time because Palm Palm was quite upset with us that we had left the fold and embraced a different platform, Windows Mobile, but then it wasn't too much uh, after that that they came out with the Windows Mobile Trio, and then they were quite happy that we had already uh, been <laughs> been uh, doing R&D on that side. Um, from there, we went and did uh, Danger Hip Top, and then uh, BlackBerry, Symbian, iPhone, uh, and then in the last year, uh, we, we've come out with versions of our products for WebOS 
and Android. So uh, as I was saying during the break, uh, we look at the entire mobile pie and we try to play in all the pieces of the pie. And as long as we have a, a relevant product and the pie itself isn't shrinking, then we're good because, as I said, we're, we're kind of the Switzerland of, of mobile software. Awesome. So, so what do you think about all the stuff that's happening with Windows, uh, Windows and Windows Mobile recently? You know, it's been it's been very interesting. The the market, you know, if you look back maybe eighteen months ago, it had almost looked like it had settled down from uh, from iPhone coming out, which itself was a tremendous you know rock landing in in the pool, making waves, and it looked like it had settled down. And then all of a sudden, you had WebOS coming out and Android coming out, and from where we sit right now, you look backwards and you say, okay, the folks that were the the dominant mobile platforms of, say, three and four years ago, you know, what were they doing to react to these uh, different moves in the mobile space, some of which were, were expected, some of which were maybe less expected? And in the case of uh, Microsoft, I think they looked at what, they're, you know, they're offering Windows, uh, Windows Mobile, and they decided they were going to do something bold, and they have, and that that still hasn't played out entirely. Uh, in fact, we've we did uh, the Mac media synchronization software for their new Kin phone, but I think industry-wide, uh, more of the focus is on their upcoming Windows Phone 7, and we're just going to have to see what happens there. But at the at the moment. You know, this is this is playing out as I believe their reaction to iPhone, WebOS, and perhaps to a larger degree Android. So, Mark, I have a I have an interesting question because you're in this business of being Switzerland. Would you know since you've been around um, for some time that the the business that you're in, would you have ever predicted or expected that you? Um, that you would have had to support more platforms and more, yeah, basically more platforms uh, instead of less. You know, things, you know, we've been doing this, uh, the, the, the synchronization software, particularly uh, since 2001. So there's been kind of an ebb and flow uh, over the years. And on the one hand, when, when the market focuses on a few platforms, that's, that's nice because it lets, lets you focus. On the other hand, new platforms often present new opportunities. So it's kind of, you know, six of one, half dozen of, of the other. It, it did play into our... Um, our work, say, on the PC side and on the cloud side, that as the new platforms were coming out, we had to, we didn't have to, of course, but we did go and embrace the new platforms and, you know, there only being so many hours in a day, sometimes to do one thing means to not do something else or to delay doing something else. And uh, the, you know, the, the time that we've spent over the last year on WebOS on Android has been fantastic. I mean, Android is really blocked blossoming now, um, but that meant that we, the, the plans that we had had when, we, when those platforms were not on the horizon had to be put on hold until now. So, so you brought up something interesting that I want to talk more about before we, uh, before we have to wrap it up, and that is uh, the, the role of the cloud in bringing everything together. What, what exactly are you guys working on now, and how do you see that coming into things into the future? Because I, I see it answering almost every problem. 
it, as more and more stuff can move to the cloud, everything except for my irritation with the charging of the devices and the different uh, <laughs> things can be solved by the cloud, can't it? So you need cloud power. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be free or what? Sure. Sure. <laughs> No, I, I, you know, it's if you look at the trends, um, things have been, you know, I mean, it, this is something that's been going on for years, but of course it's been heading more and more towards cloud-based services. And from someone who travels a lot and uses a lot of gadgets, I think the, the dream of the cloud is fantastic. Uh, the reality, I mean, I'm here in, in, the, in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, and you can just go maybe 10 miles out of the valley and get no data coverage on your mobiles. So what? I think until you're at a spot where Denver. data coverage I'm is ubiquitous, to have a 100% cloud strategy, you know, in the sense that you can't do what you need to do unless you have a connection, that gets frustrating. So I think for the short term, we still need to allow for that. But in the long term, you know, if you imagine maybe 10, 20 years in the future where data truly is ubiquitous, that you can be hiking in, you know, out in the, the Black Rock Desert and have your 4G connection, that's when you can go 100% cloud. You're raining on my parade. <laughs> I guess what I, I've been called a cynical optimist. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's not that far out. And I was saying, I ha it sounds like I have better data coverage in Denver than you do in Silicon Valley, and I don't know how that happens. Well, in the valley proper, sure, but you know, you you go. I, I live more out towards uh, Santa Cruz. Uh, so that's not very far by miles, but it's, you know, you, you pass, uh, there's this one town at the foothill of the mountains, and basically that's like the south edge of, you know, of civilization. And to go past that, you know, there's a little highway there, and to go past that, you're now, oh, forget it, you can't go, you know, you're crazy, that's crazy talk to go south of there. But it's only 10, 15 miles out of the valley. So if you can be in as densely populated an area as Silicon Valley in in California and not have good coverage, then, you know, what, what hope is there for the, the broader expanses of the country? Okay, but the theory is good then. So the theory is good. The cloud takes care of a lot of the problems. Mm -hmm. It's just the – perhaps it's the expansiveness of the United States that's a problem. What if it is. I mean, that, that manifests in so many different ways. I mean, you know, you, you look at, um, you know, perhaps one of the, the driving forces behind GSM in Europe was the fact that they are more densely packed and that you can cover an entire, you know, entire country in Europe is, is often smaller than a state in the U.S. So when they say they've got nationwide coverage, you know, that's not quite the same thing. I mean, you you want to you want to brag about nationwide coverage. Say you've got nationwide coverage in Russia or China, you know, or another country like the U.S. that spans multiple time zones. That's something to get excited about. Right, right. So they're going to beat us at this again, though, just because by virtue of being more densely populated, they'll probably have more reliance on the cloud faster because it makes more sense. One factor that that hasn't been considered in the equation, we could spend a whole nother show talking about it, is the fact that um, people in the U.S. feel they have a lot of entitlement rights to say what looks attractive 
or what you know what should and shouldn't be in my neighborhood where I pay taxes. And so you know some of those examples are um, building out actually more cell towers. And mm-hmm. you know people complain about radiation or they look ugly or you know just. We don't need that much technology or infrastructure in our neighborhood because, you know, the whole point is that we want it to be natural and look pretty. And so that's, I think, part of the argument where we can't necessarily get coverage everywhere where we want to be. Um, whereas in places like China and Russia, I think the government just says, well, you want coverage, you want to live here, so we're going to build all this stuff for you, even if it looks ugly and you don't like it. It could be. Sounds very like it could make for a very politically heated shell. <laughs> All right. Well, I think let let's stay on the safe side and let's wrap this show up and maybe save that one for a different show. So, Brian, I want to, before we before we close out, I want you to give uh, give all your contact information in case anyone has any questions about your software and wants to follow up with you. So, full name, company name, and if you're willing. Uh, to give it out to our listeners, uh, email address, things like that? Sure. Um, so I'm Brian Hall. I'm the, the founder and CEO of Mark Space, uh, which isn't anyone's name, but as we discussed earlier, kind of a, a geeky, uh, uh, geeky reference to, to telecom. Uh, I can be found on LinkedIn. That's probably the best place for folks to reach out if they have a question. You can send me an email. And our website is www.markspace.com, M-A-R-K-S-P-A-C-E. Our products are Missing Sync, our desktop synchronization uh, product, Go Gadget, which is our media synchronization product. And we have a product line called Flick, where we brought uh, old-school palm-style beaming of contacts, uh, pictures, documents, uh, photos, and files uh, to iPhone, Mac, PC, and Android coming soon. Coming soon on Android, but not yet? Not yet, yes. Uh, the, the, the current iPhone product uses a technology called Bonjour uh, for discovery, and, and uh, we're doing some work there to, to bring up uh, our protocols and, and uh, software that uses that technology on Android, which does not currently provide Bonjour. Gotcha. All right. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the show. I loved Um, it. This was fun. (laughs) And we'll definitely have you back, perhaps for a more politically heated discussion later. Uh, But that's it for today, you guys. Thanks for listening to Mobile Presence on webmasterradio.fm. You can hear us every Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern. See you next week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.